All right. Good afternoon and welcome to Primecast, your podcast to discuss the many things uh, going on in community, in connectivity, and in creativity. I am your hostess, LaShondra Vernon. Welcome to this episode, which will be about sacred feminine healing. Um, As usual, please subscribe to the podcast on your um, many platforms. Uh, It's basically available everywhere, but um, please continue to listen. Today, I do not have a guest um, in the best interest of our period of isolation, but we will be discussing sacred feminine healing. We are also live on Facebook, and so um, some of the things that may come out of this will be responses to Facebook comments. Those of you that have joined us via Facebook, please, please, please add any questions as I share what I've uh, decided to put into the atmosphere during this difficult time. So a lot has changed since the last time I recorded. Last week, we skipped the recording because uh, we had Girls' Day at City Hall, which is one of my absolute favorite events that happens every year. We do that every year. Um, in honor of the number of women that are on the Common Council. So that's why it's happening at City Hall. Expanding. Since we started 10 years ago, there was only one alder woman. Um, The number of alder women has tripled. And so I'm not going to say it's 100% due to the the advocacy, the voice being raised of um, Girls' Day at City Hall. But I do believe that Girls' Day at City Hall continues to help grow the number of girls interested in potentially running for office. And for that, I am really excited. Um, And so we did not have a podcast last week. We uh, just simply skipped out. Um, And then that day, um, Girls Day at City Hall, for those that may be checking in that are not from Milwaukee, we're in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. That was the last City of Milwaukee event, to my knowledge, um, before... Um, events were canceled across the city and the nation um, as a result of the epidemic that we're dealing with in public health. Um, I'm being very particular choosing my words. I do not want to give any more power to the fear um, and the worry that the environment is being flooded with. I don't know about the rest of you, but I hate looking at my social media. I cannot watch regular television right now. I check in periodically. Um, just to know what what updates I need to know for, you know, awareness and for safety. But I very intentionally have been guarding myself, guarding my home, and guarding my life away from these very toxic, very unhealthy messages and narratives uh, that have been out here from the social media platforms that we all subscribe to. Um, what I'm doing today, hopefully, is contributing my small piece to the equation to prevent us from really being in a very unhealthy place mentally, which uh, it is my personal belief that the mind really has far more control over the power of the body um, than we give it credit for. And the more energy that we spend on focusing on creating the wellness that we want to see, the stronger our ability to build immunity is. So I just want to add a couple of tools to um, the public 
that I've been using. So first and foremost, um, I sat here and uh, restructured, re, re, reset my altar. Um, the first thing I did is um, consult the ancestors and find a space within me where I could seek answers. Um, and I did this with the aid of a wonderful book that I purchased, not knowing that any of this was going to happen. Um, a book that I've been trying to read, but I finally caught it. Um, it is called Sacred Woman by Queen Afua. Um, and it is really a healing journey guide for the feminine, sacred feminine. Um, and so what I'm going to do today is I'm going to share a few things that come from the sacred healing work that is in the sixth zone of the nine. So the sixth gateway of nine gateways into um, sacred healing, sacred womanhood. Um, the one that we're going to talk about right now, um, really, I want to start with the altar work stuff. Um, so, you know, and I'm not here to argue with anybody about your beliefs, your religion, your background. Uh, these things work for me. If they do not work for you, that is also fine. Um, but, uh, so this, I want to start with altar work. And so, um, the altar work that's recommended in this book is amazing. So, um, it starts off with recommending that you face your heart to the East or to the rising sun. So I'm actually facing to the East in my home. Um, what is behind me is, so I have shifted my home to be several altars so that my house is a sacred space, as opposed to having one altar, one sacred space that I have to hide from the world that is mine and mine alone. Um, I believe it has taken me to a more sacred space, make, made me into a more uh, sacred woman, and has has caused me to have greater access to my ancestors. Um, and, 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 and I really want to encourage all of you to go on the journey that your your soul is setting you on, if you're listening, you're probably being set on one of those journeys. That's how I got here. I started watching and listening other women on their sacred journeys, witnessing their magnificent um, growth and, and wanting some of the same things for me. Not the exact same things, the ones that are for me. Um, so altar work. So facing the east um, is recommended in this. I have an altar on the east side of my house as well as the west because that's where my windows face. Um, it also allows me to include plants in my altar work, which some of you um, are seeing, those of you that are watching on the Facebook Live, my altars um, include plant life. Um, this also makes it very easy for me to do things like pour libation, which is a really important part of this. Um, so I am sitting with my back to the uh, altar work that I've done in preparation for this podcast. Um, it also recommends that within your altar space that you mount images, images of your spiritual guardians, images of your ancestors, pictures of your sacred self, pictures of elders, and pictures of contemporaries. So, um, you know, I'll send you a picture if you want to add me. <laughs> um, but, you know, adding some people that have brought wisdom to your life or some entities, deities, whatever culturally makes the most sense for you to your altar work is a part of this process. 
Um, another piece is the baptism water bowl. And so today um, I refreshed all of the waters on my altar, all of the coffees on my altar. So you really should be refreshing that water frequently. Um, one of the things that I notice when I don't frequently uh, refresh my altars, um, there are not a whole lot of insects out here, but the insects will find their way to whatever liquids that you put on your altar. Whatever foods you place, insects will suddenly appear. It'll be the dead of winter and you will somehow have a gnat in your in your your altar water, right? And so it is a reminder to to honor your ancestors, to continue to show up to your altar and to reset it frequently. Um, but make sure that you are spending the proper amount of time revisiting your altars and um, restarting your fresh water, um, your coffee. You know, I have um, um, some liquor or wine that I put on my altar. And today during my altar work, this is funny to me. So I was cleaning the altar out and the, the gla little glass of wine that I placed there um, had like a little bug in it, right? And I was cleaning it out and I heard very clearly from my ancestors, you don't need to replace this, uh, this alcohol because we have some work to do right now. We need to be sober. We can celebrate with that alcohol afterwards, right? So it really is a very intimate and personal relationship that you have with your ancestors that you can access by being really thoughtful about refreshing those offerings. Fruit, vegetables, corn, all of those things are greatly appreciated. Um, so flowers and plants, right? So one of the things to include in your sacred healing work on your altar um, are things that create flowers. So this plant, right? Wait, one plant behind me that is in the red pot, that is a bird of paradise. I've had it for about a year. It hasn't flowered yet. I'm dying for it to flower. Um, but it is an, a really important plant to me because I was just obsessed with the way the flower looked. And the moment that it flowers, I feel like that will be a manifestation of something that I've been doing in my work. Um, it has grown leaves. There, there are leaves sprouting in the center of it right now, but it hasn't flowered yet. And so that means I have more altar work to do. Um, aloe plants are recommended to be added to your altar in order to advance your sacred healing work. Very important. Um, I um, also lit a, a purple candle today. Um, so violet candles for the fire work that needs to be done in your altar work. Um, I have not done a seven day candle yet. I don't feel like there's a process that I need to go to. I'm right now maintaining um, some spiritual energy more than I am creating a process. So um, candle work, bring a candle to the altar. Um, watch your flames. You know, one of the things that happens, one of my flames that is in my bedroom that I need to do some healing work and thinking about that flame, the candle wax melted outside of the, the candle holder in a way that was very different than the rest of the candles that I burn in my house. And so it made me question what is different in my room, in the air circulation, in the energy in my bedroom that I need to address so that that candle burns as steady as the other candles that I have. Um, I have some very steady burning candles in my experience. Like most of the time, my candles burn very steady. 
So what about the candle in my room? Was it trying to tell me? What were my ancestors trying to tell me? Still working on that. Don't have an answer. But I'm sharing that as one of the experiences of light your candles, watch your candles, observe your candles, um, and pay attention to the, the, the flame and its flicker, how it moves. All right. So a couple other really important things to be thinking about. Spiritual baths. Oh, so I, um, I have two really great um, baths that were made by Venus Williams, one of which is um, the waxing moon bath. And then I have the thieves bath, which both of them are around healing, but the manifestation from the, the waxing moon uh, bath is really important. So I usually wait until the moon cycle is in the waxing gibbous and um, I line up all the things that I said that I want to do. And before I take that bath, I set intentions for those things to manifest in this new moon cycle. Um, and so, you know, we're not, we're in a waning moon right now. And so this isn't the time to do it. But, you know, today is also spring equinox. So just pay really close attention to things around change. It is so important to be awareness of, aware of change and to not panic through it. Um, another thing I want to share, which is not specific to this reading, this book, but um, I have, and I got this actually from my sister Kanika. I have added when I'm not feeling well, you see the dark underneath here, and this is water, this is just water purified by charcoal, but I've added chlorophyll to my water in seasons of uncertainty. So chlorophyll does really amazing things around restoring blood flow, especially in the space of the lungs and heart. And so I have allergic asthma. Um, this has been a very difficult season for me mentally because the stressors of the world deeply exacerbate asthma, deep, deeply exacerbate my allergies. I also have a nascent allergy. And so that means that I get nasal polyps that actually go down into my throat. And so for me, uh, wellness is a must. I have to take on the work of being well because I've had some serious scares and I want to be mindful of what that can do. Um, so I just wanted to share that. If you do, um, also I can talk to you a little bit more about um, the, the, um, the cleansing of water with charcoal. Um, and I, I think I shared this on Instagram, but I didn't share it on uh, Facebook but it is a really useful tool as well. All right, moving on. I want to share a few really valuable affirmations and meditations that show up in this book. And so I'm going to read them directly because I think, you know, they, um, they really help. All right, so sacred medicine woman affirmation. As I fan myself from right to left while loosening my big dress, I proceed to squat and rotate my hips to the sacred four directions so that I may bring balance to this incredible earth. I anoint and bless my womanness with frankincense and mirth. I give praises that I can see the unseen and hear the unspoken. Hear me now. I'm fully in the spirit as natural as one can possibly be. 
for I don't travel anywhere without my herbs. I am a believer in complete transformation as I move forward in my active meditation. Let it be known, wherever I am in my life, I chant Ankh Kephra for life transformation. And so it is, from the crown of my head, from my heart, from the palms of my hands, I send out absolute healing to everyone I meet. Next affirmation, inner and outer harmony. As a sacred woman, I am the original healer. I call upon my brothers and sisters, the elements, air, fire, water, and earth to heal physically, mentally, and spiritually. For I am the great granddaughter of mother nature herself. That was dope. I love that. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to pause because nobody's asking any questions, really. You're just listening. But I do want to pause and just say, if there's anything that you do want to ask, please do. Um, I would love to share insight if I need to be helpful in any way, um, if there's anything on your mind. Um, I, I also want to encourage those that are listening to the podcast that can't ask me questions in real time. If you ever have a topic that you'd like me to address or cover, please email me at connect at absolute prime, absolute P-R-Y-M-E dot com. And I would love to um, add a topic, uh, issue, a priority to the conversation. All right. So pause from the book. This book is amazing. I'm going to show it to you guys again that are looking. I actually got this from Amazon. No, no, not Amazon. From Barnes and Nobles. Completely shocked that it was there. I just randomly went in there and and chose to like wander around and see what I could find. Um, but I suggest that you get this book. These affirmations are so powerful between the teaching. The teaching that happens in the book is really amazing. The reconnection to our ancestors, to our legacy, to who we are is invaluable. And I think that, you know, healing the body is miraculous and powerful and capable of undoing the things that we have done since we have lost our way. And, and I firmly have to believe this by isolating my, my eye and ear gates from the things that are being put into the atmosphere to make us believe different. This is a hard job for us um, because, you know, panic is, a, is everywhere. Um, so I'll read the name again. It is called Sacred Woman by Queen Afua. I'm struggling with like which direction is left and right because everything's opposite. <laughs> when you're on the internet here, I'll lean back a little bit. Um, Sacred Woman by Queen Afua. Um, some of you have met her before. Um, if you know Karma and Soul, uh, they have done some serious work with her. Um, there are quotes from Erica Badu in this book. She has worked with Erica. She has worked with many of our um, Pan African healing, loving. Like I, I don't even want to put a label on the types of people that have, have, have used her wisdom. 
in their in their um, their self journey. But I find it to be very affirming. I also think there is a point where we do need to have a conversation about sacred dance um, and and how rejuvenating movement is in times like this. How moving energy around physically is a huge part of the work that needs to be done to restore our souls. Let me look and see if there's anything else that I want to make sure that I share with you all. Ooh, good affirmation. I have destroyed my defects. I have made an end of my wickedness. I have annihilated the faults that belong to me. I myself am pure. I am mighty. Oh, so dope, y'all. Look, this is a very difficult time to find dope things, right? But we have to do that work. We have to find things that make us amazing, that make us feel amazing. And that's important. Um, so I have been practicing a bit with the Kari shows, right? And so when I reset the altar, I always take up my Kari shells that I have. So I only have seven on my altar because seven is my divine number. Um, so I have seven. Those of you that know anything about divination and the use of Kari shells, the number is usually higher than that. So something like 21. Um, I chose seven for my practice. I am resetting my norms. I'm really just being led by my own spirit and the ancestors that are guiding me. And seven was my guidance when I was in New Orleans at um, the Apicathery House of Hoodoo, which is where I get most of my supplies for my practice. And um, so while I was there, I picked up my seven Kari shells. They felt like that, that felt like the right number. And I throw them on a pretty daily basis or ish. You know, I do a lot of altar reset. My altars are dope. I'm feeling them. All these plants that you see are parts of it, right? My libations are poured in all of the plants that are from the place where our family origin is. So I have two Madagascar palms. I pour libation into those um, and into this bird of paradise because I'm just obsessed with it. I want to see it fully grow. I want to see what's going to happen to it when it gets as big as my other big plants. I got it as a baby. Um, and so sometimes it doesn't flower. You're also seeing my rose of Jericho in that plant sitting on top of it. Um, I use that often to create my my um, purified water that I use to water the plants. And reaching over to grab this, I put it in this bottle to spray the plants. I add to this also. I include um, peppermint oil, tea tree oil, and eucalyptus oil to continuously improve the quality of the air in my house. That is the motivation for that. Um, and so I've been doing that for, I don't know, maybe about a year with um, with my Roses of Jericho. I have two. I gave one to my daughter who will be home soon. Um, and so overall, back to the numerology thing. So I throw my Kari shells. I usually get three. It's the most frequent number that I get. Um, three is a meaningful number for me. There are three sevens in my birthday. It is the number of completion. It's a whole lot of what I focus on. But today, for the first time, I think in a very long time, I got number two, which is the reason that I chose to um, talk about the uh, divine feminine because two 
is within numerology. Um, one of the most feminine numbers. It is often the most underestimated number, um, at least when it comes to power and strength. Um, but it's considered a, somewhat of a gentle, tactful, and diplomatic, uh, forgiving, and understanding representation. Um, so it, it's a, a peacekeeping number, right? Right now, we are in the opposite of a time of peace. Right now, we are in a time of chaos. And so the sacred feminine is absolutely necessary to rebalance the chaos. Because when you look at our national leaders right now, if you have watched any of our press conferences, they are a bunch of senior citizen aged white men. And unfortunately, without any power of the feminine in a leadership role, we will always have the problems that we are facing because the feminine balances the energy and brings the peace, which is why you so frequently see once peacemaking starts, it is because the women have said no more in a place, third world country or whatever you want to call it, and they've decided that they are going to reestablish peace then it becomes a matter of peacekeeping. So those of us who are peacemakers, we are also peacekeepers. In times when there isn't peace, there is nothing more frustrating than constantly working to reset and keep peace. And that's the season that we are currently in. We are currently in a season of working to keep peace. And so that is what the number two in um, my divination role meant for me. Um, you know, I also want to very quickly shout out, cause I'm not going to stay on the whole hour today. I want to very quickly shout out, um, Angela Smith and Angela Mallet. Yesterday, they both, um, shared a live, um, Angela Smith's was outstanding because it provided, um, some readings to folks, one card draw from the tarot and it was wonderful. I am not as proficient in tarot. As Angela, I am going to have to go and learn at her feet um, because I did buy myself a deck um, and I am planning to learn. But I was absolutely like grateful that both of those powerful women made the decision to put an alternative into the space. Um, and so what I will say to you all as um, I bring this time together to an end, I encourage all of you to decide what you're going to put into the space as an alternative. You know, there is a lot of talk about never sharing what your altar looks like. Uh, I do not have possess any fear um, around sharing my altar right now. And what I'm sharing with you is like fundamentally me sharing what my practice is, is behind you right now, behind me right now. Um, and, and I think now is the time to be bold and brave around sharing our tactics for keeping peace, for staying well, and for staying whole. Because if we don't, the mainstream and those that have the greatest amount of power and control will continue to confuse us. You guys know I've done a ton of work around human trafficking, and I always try to explain there is no difference between intimate partner violence, domestic partner violence, 
and trafficking violence. They use the same power and control wheel to teach us what those abuse forms look like, which means there is no difference, even if that violence is not over intimacy. And right now, what we are experiencing is global violence. We are accustomed to what we believe in the human trafficking work, seeing that as a third world country problem only. But what we are experiencing right now is the control that third world countries have been experiencing as long as we've been in these United States of America, living a life where we felt that we had nothing but freedom and liberty. Now, mind you, depending on what your skin color is, depending on how you identify, that liberation and freedom doesn't feel the same to you as the people who believe they founded this freedom in the United States. But now we're experiencing it on the level to which countries experience it all the time being perpetrated by us onto them in support of their administrations. And so what we have to remember is violence is not just physical. Violence is verbal. Violence is silence. Violence is withholding. Violence is lies. And those things are happening right now. If we choose to eliminate the violence that we are experiencing, it is our responsibility to hold up what is true. And that is, you are your own savior. You are your own healer. And everything it takes for you to be successful and great is within you. None of these things that are happening